definitely mothers have a, a dimension that they can bring in in their UX career. And that that I think should make you feel better or feel proud that you're able to have a, a different perspective on, on being a UX designer and on the UX process itself. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode. Uh, my name is Antvisa, and I'm joined today by Ioana, my co-host for our Honest UX Talks. Um, in today's episode, we are going to talk about motherhood, being mother and being a UX designer, balancing both very important um, roles in this life, being a professional in UX design industry, as well as being a mother, which is another, it could be a full-time job. We decided to pick this topic because we have received uh, literally at the same time two requests. I'm going to read the request right uh, before we start diving into the episode. But um, like regularly or traditionally, right before we uh, usually start discussing the topic, I would also like to catch up real quick with Joanna. So with that being said, Joanna, how's your last week? <laughs> well, hi, everyone, first of all. Um, secondly, I feel that... Um, while I decided that this year it's going to be about focus, that focus is going to be my keyword and I'll be doing less things and better, it feels like I'm really failing <laughs> so far. Oh. Well, it feels like I'm doing a lot of things at the same time. I, I, I was very, very keen on saying no to everything that was outside my my specific goals or, my, or the things that I decide that I'm going to do. But saying no is still very hard for me i know that it's not what i should be teaching others or preaching uh but you know how it is i mean we know what's right but it's not that easy to actually put into practice so it's really hard for me to say no i keep saying yes to small things small favors that people ask or gigs or stuff that come my way there is this constant fear of missing out on opportunities and it's really really hard to decline uh so yeah so it feels like i'm back into a very hectic uh, crazy place with uh with all the job things that i'm doing plus the baby and everything so i mean i think i'm pretty far now from from my original goal of staying focused but who knows maybe i don't oh, know there's still a full year ahead and maybe i will be uh able to uh get back on track <laughs> And, uh, but yeah, I mean, the classic bootcamp work, we've had uh, Ana Santos, uh, UX by Ana on Instagram, join us as a mentor at Mento, and we'll be hosting an event with her this Friday. I think actually when we released the recording, it would have been passed, but you can still watch it on YouTube uh, on uh, Mento Design Academy. So we're doing the classic bootcamp work, trying to scale the bootcamp this year. And then I'm also doing all sorts of uh, secret, some some secret projects that uh, should be very exciting when I'll be able to announce them. And I think that's me in a nutshell. How about you? <laughs> oh, first of all, <laughs> you need some guide or somebody who says, stop, don't take this one, don't take this one. <laughs> I need a police officer, like the... the yes, <laughs> yes. Do this policeman. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, you definitely do uh, need somebody like that in your life. <laughs> I would be the one, but I don't even know what projects that you're taking. I know that you're, I mean, I'm probably the same. So who am I talking to? <laughs> Anyways, um, at least at least on my side, it was a bit easier. Uh, I, I finally started feeling the joy of not being employed and not 
having to wake up in the morning and running somewhere in the meeting and I don't know, do something important and blah, blah. I just like, this is the first week where I'm taking it easy and like the slow life that I was talking about last time. Um, I think I'm starting to experience in it. Like yesterday, all I did was uh, basically just going to the coffee shop and reading the books and answering some emails and just making one video and that's it. Like it was so good. And I felt, oh, and, and also learning Czech language, which is, you know, something that I usually never have energy for. And normally when I have my Czech classes, I'm like brain dead. And my my, my teacher is like always laughing at me because I'm talking mixed languages and I just can't focus on Czech. And so yesterday I was talking and I was like, oh, I know so many words. I can actually focus and I can actually switch brains. Wow, I have energy. So I think I'm just really enjoying this moment of being unemployed and having all this energy allocated for other things. Just, you know, being working and managing so many things at the same time i guess i'm i'm, I'm picking up your goal <laughs> this time around at least um anyways so yes life is being better on my side and uh, i'm hoping to stay like this until the end of the month and another thing i was also trying to do the last week is is finally starting working on my website portfolio not even portfolio it's more of a landing page where i'm kind of collecting all the links it's more like a dashboard of everything in one place with all the resources that designers can also access because it's been on my uh, mind for a while and i always wanted to find time to make it but um, only now i can find energy to kind of focus and get back to webflow and figure out how to build stuff there because i'm always building stuff there but i'm always not happy with this <laughs> amount of stuff I'm doing there and so yes a lot of a lot of nice side projects um at the moment but um I guess let's wrap up the, the intro part and I actually I'd love to start digging into the topic of today's um right let's do it totally let's do that <laughs> so I'd say we start with the messages that came in right totally yes that was that was on my mind as well so basically, um, let me get back to the messages we received. And there are two messages. One, actually interesting because this is these are messages that come in from two different angles. One is coming from Alaya, I hope I've spelled it right. She's saying that she has a baby which is six months old, but next week she's also starting her first job as a UX designer. So I can only imagine how stressful it might feel. And she basically wants us to discuss maybe that there are some tips or some things she needs to keep in mind, how to stay focused, how to not go crazy, I guess. And the second message we have also received from Kelly. So the message goes like this. I would love to hear anything that might encourage this 48 year old, 40 years old mama trying to break into industry that feels quite a bit younger than me. I know that my age might come with many amazing experiences that make me a very strong business contributor, but it's hard. When you're 11 years old, makes fun of your, of you being a current all day. But yes, I guess let's start, let's start by discussing the first topic, right? How do you break into UX? Uh, just recently becoming a mama. <laughs> I know that, for example, so we have Joanna today and mostly I think all these questions are addressing Joanna. She has a bit more experience in it. Um, so I'd really love to hear your perspective. How was it for you maybe? Maybe let's start from there. 
Definitely. I think uh, I can um, share my own experience. Obviously, I'm not uh, extremely good at balancing everything. It feels like I'm in a constant uh, imbalance myself, but definitely I can I can share my story and maybe some of the things that I've experienced might at least feel relatable. And, and I know that when I find someone who is in a similar situation as I am, that that's, that's actually... Um, a good thing just by itself so it doesn't have to fix my problem but just knowing that somebody else is sharing my struggle and understands me and i, I find uh the the famous empathy in um in in talking to someone else uh that that's a help in itself so so to answer the first question around starting a new job with a six month baby first of all congratulations i think that's amazing i think it's great i think uh, you're like incredible um Alaya, for doing that. So uh, I want to start by congratulating you. And secondly, I I know it's very hard. My daughter is now one year and two months. For my entire career as a mother, I've been thinking about how society is shaped now where we get like equal rights and we want to work as much as the men uh, get to work and have careers that are equally spectacular, but we still have to like, um, we're expected to be mothers and be good mothers and not traumatize our children. So it's it's a lot of pressure that society puts now because of the way it's shaped. And I feel that it's really, really hard to like, I mean, quote unquote, break up from your baby so early on. So I think that uh, I'm, I'm assuming now that uh, Alaya is feeling uh, like uh, she's in a way maybe abandoning the baby or she won't have as much to fear that she won't have time and attention and 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 she won't be able to be as present for the baby as uh possible and i think it's it's like a pain we learn to live with because naturally i mean if you look at the history of humanity probably mothers were more available to their children than they are today because of the way modern societies are shaped so in a way we lose some we lose we lose a lot our children lose something but we win the fact that we're still uh, very uh, aligned or in tune uh, with our individuality and our career is important uh, professional satisfaction is something that people should strive for so i think it's not all bad i think it's it, the secret is balancing so now we're getting to this very juicy word uh, called balance and i while i'm not good at it i feel that I could be if I were to like uh, respect some sort of rules, if you want. So the number one rule is to like set time for work and then set time for the baby. Um, that's what I'm doing wrong right now. Maybe I think this should help other mothers, like at least keep in mind that boundaries are essential. I think they're critical because if there are no boundaries, then you're constantly doing switching between doing some work and then back to the baby and then the baby wakes up and then you're doing, uh, you're playing with the baby and then the baby goes to sleep and then you're trying to work. And so everything is like constant context switching. It becomes exhausting. You're not able to do your work right. You're not able to be fully present with the baby. So I think that the number one trick that could improve this, this very hard to... <laughs> to 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 handle situation is to set uh, very very clear boundaries and i think that at six months maybe uh if you're getting back to work maybe you have some sort of help maybe there's a nanny maybe there's the nursery that you're taking the baby to so whenever the baby is with someone else or somewhere else that's when you work 
And then when the baby is back, that's when you enjoy the baby. I think that's the number one secret. It's, it feels like a no-brainer, but it's actually very hard to put into practice because even when the baby is there, I get an email, I get a notification, I get some sort of message that needs immediate reply. So I, it's very, very hard for me to stay fully present. What helps is to actually put all devices aside away, hide them, lock them, and then be present in, in playing with her. So I think that boundaries are the number one thing that could uh, could be uh, helpful in, in, in this situation with the new career and the new job. And another thing is very that I feel is very important is the attitude you have towards yourself. So there's a lot because of the pressure I was talking about that society puts on us to be like the perfect mothers that uh, apply all these rules of modern parenting where they, um, I don't know, grow these humans that will have absolutely no trauma when, when they're adults and everything. So there's a lot of pressure on being a parent that's way uh, better, way more um I don't know how to call it, aware than, the, than our parents or the, the, our grandparents were to our parents. So there's a lot of pressure to be the perfect parent, but there's also a lot of pressure to have spectacular careers. So it's like the worst moment in history probably to be a mother. Um, so with that in mind, I think that we should be very kind to ourselves. I think this is something that we, many mothers that I speak to have the same issue. They blame themselves. It's this famous uh, mom guilt that all of us or many of us experience where we feel like we're failing as a professional because we're not fully dedicated to growing our careers while we're also growing children. But we always also feel at the same time that we're, we're failing as mothers because we're not fully present and we're not spending maybe enough time with our baby. Maybe we're not, we don't have the patience or we're, we're not present enough in, in the interactions and so on. So I think there's this constant feeling of guilt that needs to be, um, navigated or handled coped with so i feel that for me in my own particular experience when i was working i was feeling guilty because i'm not spending time with the baby and then when i was spending time with the baby i was feeling guilty because there were all of the things on my to-do list that needed uh, my attention and i was like postponing or ignoring them so it's a constant feeling of guilt. Sometimes it's worse, sometimes it's better, but it's probably going to be there. And my advice to new mothers is to simply embrace it. It's it, it's something that we're experiencing because in a way, if you want, society forces forces us to experience this feeling. It's, it's by design, if you want, uh, by the design of the world we live in. So we just need to embrace it. And in a way, if you want, forget about it. Just forget about it. Okay. You may might feel guilty, but you're doing the best you can. You're showing up every day for your baby. You're showing up every day at work and uh, with your professional efforts. So you're doing your best. That's the idea. So just be kind to yourself and understand that it's, it's a feeling that's sort of imposed on you. And it's, it's not how um, you should be feeling because most of the times people who have this feeling, these feelings and ask themselves questions around, am I a good parent? Am I a good designer? Am I a good professional? Am I doing things right? Uh, even just asking these questions goes to show that you are a good mother. So anybody who asks themselves this question is probably a good mother because they're self-aware or curious enough to understand whether they're, they're doing the, th they're doing things in a, in the right way. So my top two because I can go on and on and on and I can really talk for hours after my experience uh, of being a mother and working at the same time for the past year and two months. But my top two pieces of advice are setting boundaries and respecting them, 
however hard that might be, and also being kind to yourself. So I'm going to stop here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know um, if we want to jump into the next question or if you have any thoughts right. about that. <laughs> I think, yeah, there are a lot of great things you, you talked about, and I really love how you tried to sort of unpack it a bit and kind of look back on your experience, how you felt and what are the lessons you made. I think this is really valuable and valuable and I feel like even I'm learning a lot, even though I have no clue what does it feel to be in your shoes. I still had two, I guess, follow-up questions. You did talk about a lot of stress, especially in the first half a year year, um, and that you have to embrace it. Did you have maybe any sort of rituals to help yourself, to calm yourself down, to smooth the stress? The second one is whether we can share some tips uh, for Alaya also re regarding joining this new role, because I can imagine how stressful it could be having literally becoming this, like you're aspiring in both of those roles, right? You're freshly, you're, you're a fresh mama and you're also a fresh designer. And these are a lot of new things and uh, both could be complete new worlds. Uh, UX, you know, transitioning to UX, If I look back into my experience, it was a lot. It was taking all of my time to kind of dig into it. And so I want to discuss if maybe we can also touch base on tips on, you know, having the first role in UX and how to make it a bit more smooth and not as stressful, not as overwhelming, because obviously new job and probably that probably means a lot of new things and you, you might feel even double stressed. Let's start from your rituals, if you had any. Well, it's a really interesting question. I think that rituals do help a lot. And when, when I say rituals, I think that for me, even thinking about implementing some sort of routine or ritual was another stress that I had on my mind at that point. So it felt like oh. adding another thing to my agenda that I need to be doing in order to feel better was like another stress that I didn't know where to fit that. I didn't know if I can like make it to the ritual, be present in the ritual that day because if the baby's not sleeping or she's cranky or whatever, I won't be able to make it and then I'm going to feel guilty by not showing up in my ritual. And so it, for me, it would have been another stress, a uh, moment of, of, of another thing that I have to do on my to-do list. But it's a really good question because I don't know if I would necessarily call it a ritual, but spending some time with yourself is essential. So I would say anytime you have the opportunity of just, I don't know, taking a long shower or just going out on a walk by yourself or just, I don't know, mindlessly looking out the window by yourself for 10 minutes, that's use that time. So I think that I wouldn't necessarily, I think for some people who are well organized, even having the ritual of, I don't know, journaling or waking up and preparing their coffee in, in, in silence, that's, that's a ritual that can help like set you up for success in that day or help you unwind in the evening and so on. It's really hard to keep a schedule or keep a ritual with a baby because the baby, especially in the early months, can be very unpredictable. Their schedule changes very fast. So for me, it was like, Every time I felt like, okay, things have fallen into place. She's going to bed at seven in the evening every night. And then some sort of leap happened or some uh, growth spurt. And then she changed everything. And then she was going to bed at 10 p.m. And everything was changing very rapidly. So I couldn't get to like have predictability as much as I felt I needed it. So not necessarily rituals, although they would be great, but finding time to be with yourself. It's really hard and it feels like you're adding 
you're you're losing you're wasting time you're wasting time because you're doing something that's not productive like uh not cooking not cleaning not uh, being with the baby not working this is wasted time but in reality it's like the most valuable way of spending your time with a small baby just reconnecting with yourself and being able to like recharge that that's essential and i've learned it the hard way so i i, I had to like kind of force myself in the beginning to accept that I'm not wasting time, I'm winning time, if, if that's that's a way to put it. And then going back to your second question, practical tips for making it on your first job as a UX designer, I want to start with a very important idea that I really, really believe in, and I'm happy I get to mention it to Alaya. The thing is that being a mother adds a new dimension to your abilities as a UX designer. So... As a mother, your whole personality changes very sudden, <laughs> um, very suddenly, and you become this new person. Everything is quickly transforming. You have to learn a new, all, all this new world <laughs> and words and things and things to do. And it's like enormous, uh, quick learning that happens. So for me, it was like, I don't think I learned something as fast as learning to be a mother because you have to be a mother instantly. It's like there's no postponing like in your, I don't know, boot camp or whatever. I'm going to do it next year. No, you have to be a mother. Like when the baby is, is born, you're a mother. You have to do it. And so you're learning very quickly and you're learning a lot of life skills as well, which many times come in handy in the UX design role. So some of them would be being more patient, being more resilient, being well-organized, because otherwise you can't survive, being well-organized, being more um, empathetic, if you want, or curious, or accepting uh, that you have to understand the other person. This is what happens with the baby, and this is what's important in the UX role as well. So I would start my on my job by feeling confident, because if I'm able to be a good mother, probably some of those skills are transferable into the UX role. So definitely mothers have a, a dimension that they can bring in in the in the U, in their UX career and that that I think should make you feel better or feel proud that you're able to have a, a different perspective on on being a UX designer and on the UX process itself and then what I would do I would um, definitely all the classic tips that don't necessarily have anything to do with motherhood but like trying to build good relationships very early on um, trying to understand team dynamics, the company structure, trying to talk to as many people as possible, trying to get them on your side, because you will be needing this, this psychological support if you want. So not necessarily people directly supporting you with being a mother and being a UX designer, but knowing that you have good relationships, that you can, that you're in a in a safe space, that you can trust those people, that you're all trying to do a better product and do good things together. So I would start by uh, trying to build trustworthy, good relationships with everyone in, in the team and not necessarily everyone in the company. It also depends on the company size. But if it's a small startup, then yeah, build good relationships as much as possible. Another funny thing, this is a small disclaimer that I want to make. When you become a parent, you realize that, that being a parent is actually a religion that kind of connects you instantly to other people. So whenever I talk to people who also have children, it's like we instantly bond, which is something that I couldn't foresee before becoming a parent. I didn't realize that there's there's actually that, let's say, uh, historical village that has dissipated because of how modern societies are structured with the the... the um, the family um, cell 
that's that's like isolated from the group so we're not living in villages it's not the same thing it's not like 20 people raising a child it's two people most of the times but something remained in our in our psychology if you want and so whenever i meet at work people who also have children i instantly bond with them and we kind of have a, a deep uh, immediate understanding of the struggles the other person is going through and the the joys of being a parent and how beautiful that is and we kind of that experience connects us so I think that you will also maybe experience that and that will make it feel like a, a safe space. So if you have other parents uh, on, on, in your company, then that should make you uh, from the beginning feel like you're understood and you're supported on your journey. And then another thing is like doing the proper, setting the proper foundation that you feel in control within your role. So trying to understand if there's any available data that you can start from, trying to understand what's expected of you from your colleagues and your boss and the entire team and so on, trying to understand what are the product goals for that particular moment in time. What do you want to achieve? What do you want to fix? What are the pain points? What's the information available? What are the resources you have available? Do you have a UX researcher? Will you be doing research yourself? So answering all those, let's say, initial setup questions is what I would be focusing on in the first days in my new role. And I think, again, I could go on and on and on, but maybe this is the topic for another episode in itself. Um, I'm curious if, uh, Anfisa, you're thinking about anything else that could be critical to, to starting a new job. Yes, I definitely have more tips to add, uh, but uh, I just also wanted to acknowledge that, you know, I'm not a mother, so I don't know, but those tips, uh, I definitely wouldn't think of those. And I think this is, Amazing <laughs> that you mentioned these. Um, as for the tips that came up to my mind, again, uh, looking back and trying to kind of le making lessons from my experience from, again, also being a very fresh, fresh designer at some point. And if I would imagine adding this constraint that my timeline, my schedule would be not necessarily as predictable. Uh, I would say that I imagine, and again, this is me trying to empathize. I imagine that it might be very hard to switch brains if you're like stressed and you're worried about the baby and if you're sometimes reacting to all the sounds, right? And so I imagine that if you're in the middle of the work and maybe the baby is calling you, um, you might immediately lose the focus. I'm the kind of a person who's having the flow state. And if I'm in a flow and some, I don't know, the, 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 the flies around me, I can jump out of the flow state. So for me, it's very important to stay focused and not get distracted by anything. If I'm in a flow, I mean, I can spend there hours and hours, but it's important to not call me out. However, my point is, if, um, if you're also finding yourself in the flow state sometimes and you get distracted by all the, you know, interruptions outside, what I found important for me was to document all the critical things as much as possible. Because let's say if you constantly switch brains and it's it's taking a lot of energy of yours and then you come back to work and you forget where you were and where you should pick up and stuff. I think what really, really helped me is having everything documented. And so when I came back, I don't have to spend my energy that is already very limited on trying to remember, okay, where were I, uh, what I was trying to figure out. And also in, in general for the UX designers, it's it's a very useful skill to document everything. Um, maybe starting from yourself, but then you can also share it with others. So anytime you need some help, people can tune in and stuff. So that would be my first tip, um, documenting everything so it's easier for you to pick up where you left. The other one, I guess, for, you know, starting the new job in general, it's also 
I really love your point about making or building the relationships with your colleagues because trust is fundamental in any new job. I did have a lot of problems when I was doing an internship. I was not very confident as a designer. I was afraid to ask questions. I was afraid to approach my managers. I was afraid to be bold and ask for the feedback and stuff like that. But that was my big mistake. And if I were to rewrite my story, I mean, I'm not regretting it, but if I were to do it again, I would definitely try to not be afraid to ask you know, for feedback, to talk to a manager more frequently and ask what's expected of me and how am I doing and uh, are there anything that I can do better? Not to say that you have to obsess with making everything perfect and being the best because this is another <laughs> like alternation or things that can go wrong, but, but having the relationships, trustworthy relationships with your manager, with your colleagues and making sure you have the space and you trust them and you can came up to them and asked, okay, is there something I can do better? Or is there something you expect me to do differently? It's kind of important. So spending, especially the first few months, spending some time building these relationships rather than focusing on immediately delivering something, uh, that would be my main tip here. And um, yeah, and, and, and again, again, general, I'm also joining the job real soon in, in one and a half months and I still haven't write the agenda for myself yet but when I'm thinking about it I also think that the first two three months are not as much about the deliverables and producing stuff and making pixels perfect and stuff like that but really about establishing this fundamental ground for you to work and stay on meaning that like I mentioned first relationship then understanding the product, the industry you're working, having your time to ask all those stupid questions, the baby questions, like what and why? And what is this? I didn't get this one. What is that? <laughs> so not being afraid because this is the, the ultimate and the only time when you, you are allowed to ask those questions. If you start working on something and you have a lot of assumptions and you're not sure what you're dealing with here, that's much, much worth for the business and for your reputation as well because it could be very risky in the future. So not being afraid to ask all those stupid questions and building those trustworthy relationships, you know, booking the time slots with your colleagues to even have a coffee just to talk to them, even though I know, yes, okay, we don't have much time. There is a lot of stress, but I think that's just the fundamental thing here to keep in mind that it's important to establish the strong ground with your colleagues, with understanding the, the business you're going to work in and, um, figuring it out in the first time, then you can at least help yourself by prioritizing what's important. What's, what, are your ex, what are expectations from you? And then what's important for you to focus on? Because there will be moments when you will be asked to do a lot of things, but some of them will not be as important or as impactful. And especially if you will not have all the time in the world, um, if you'll not be able to work, you know, in the nights, like sometimes designers do, and I'm not saying that's a good thing, but that happens sometimes. And so you will need to be a very strong prioritizer and knowing or having at least somewhere written down what are the key, I guess, impactful things from your role um, would help you to say, okay, this is a great idea, but let's put it on hold for the next opportunity because these are more important things for us to focus on. As you figure out your industry and build a relationship with your colleagues, also learning what to prioritize, what are the most important aspects of your work, maybe deliverables that you need to focus on um, in the first place. It's okay if you say, let's 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 keep it, let's add it to add to our backlog, but um, but there are more important things for us to focus on at the moment. Um, yeah, those would be my tips. 
Now, how about we talk about um, Kelly and your story? The, the, the concern that uh, Kelly has shared with us is that she's a bit older and she's feeling that the child um, of 11 years old is sort of making fun of her trying to embrace this new industry. And that, I assume, comes with a lot of, um, I guess, fears and not being confident, even though she expressed that she feels like she has a lot to share and she has pretty strong experience and transferable skills she can use. Uh, but I guess that, that comes with this layer of what people think of me. Am I too old? And maybe not as cool anymore and stuff like this. And so that's a very interesting topic. I've never thought about it. How about we try to unpack it? Um, so I guess, Joanna, do you have any first thoughts we can discuss here? Definitely. I have a lot of thoughts, actually. I think there there are several topics that go into Kelly's question. I think one of them is age, ageism. Ageism. <laughs> okay, I hope I'm saying it right. So yes. <laughs> design, it's one thing. The other one is communicating your career to your child when they grow up or, or building uh, like uh, enough confidence in yourself to, to stand up for whatever you want to do professionally, both in the relationship with your child, but also with, with the world, against the world. Because I think that the, the, the fun that the, uh, the child is making, calling her efforts to transition, is actually something that probably psychologically echoes a fear that the entire society or, or more people would, would, would think the same way. Like uh, it's, it's something to be amused by. So maybe I think, I think that's a deeper fear. Or maybe herself. She can sometimes, or not necessarily Kelly, but anyone who is like concerned about the fun people will make over their efforts is probably they feel like their efforts are not maybe good enough or they're, they're laughable or stuff like that. So I think it comes both from the inside, both from the society that I was, I keep circling back at. And, um, and also just, I think the child is, a, is the voice of all that fear that's in there. And that fear is natural because it's, it's, I think it's hard to switch your career when you're like 30. It, I think I can only imagine how difficult it is to like start over at 48. But what I can say is that um, I've seen not necessarily the most common thing you see. Most people do change careers between before they're 30 or in their 30s. But I've seen successful career switches even after 50. So it's definitely possible. And uh, to the point of, of handling, like having a family life and switching a career when you're older, I think one of the most wonderful students I have at Mento at the bootcamp I'm running is a mother. She's 38. She has two small children, which is like the worst possible moment in one's life to, to make a career change because it's already a lot of effort to be balancing. But she decided she wants to make that career switch and she's super determined. She's super hardworking. She uses all the time she has available outside raising the babies. And so she's she's absolutely incredible. She's doing stellar UX work because like I said, or maybe I didn't get to say yet, but when you're older, you have a lot of qualities to bring in to this role. You're more patient. You pay more attention to details. You're better. You, you're structured. You do things thoroughly in depth you don't rush things because it's it, these are all life lessons that we learn as we grow older so her life experience and also the professional experience she's had in a different field they all come in the ux work she's doing and she's doing incredible work really and i think that she'll have a great great ux career and for me she's super inspirational and i think that it's totally doable 
to to make a career switch even at 48 I don't know if at 58 you still want to work but if you do that's also possible uh to make the career switch and I think that the to to like sum up everything I'm trying to say here is that you will have other things other qualities to bring to the table so if in the early years of your career you can say that I'm very curious. I have a lot of energy. I'm very open about experimenting, learning new things. So you can brag about those youthful qualities if you want. Um, when you're older, you can definitely bring something in that's probably equally, if not more valuable than, than those youthful qualities. The experience, the patience, the resilience, uh, bringing uh, all the life perspectives that you've gained into the design process, that's that's invaluable. That's amazing. And I would use that as, as an internal motivator, but also as an important piece of the story puzzle that I'm about to say about myself when interviewing and when pursuing a new role. So definitely it's possible. I would encourage you. I still, I feel that we can still make changes in our lives that can make us happy even when we're 80. I hope that I will be that brave myself. And, um, and when it comes to the child, probably I would think about, is this my child's voice or is it my internal child's voice or my own voice or the society voice that I'm hearing, that I'm fearing? And so um, this is what I have to say about that. Curious to hear if you have any thoughts yourself. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, and, and, and I agree with you. This is actually two different topics, two different concerns. And if I can empathize, um, it, it, it feels like two different topics for sure. First being, you know, switching jobs, which is stressful by itself, like you mentioned. Um, and at any age, especially after 30, it might feel like, whoa, you, you've spent so much time focusing on one industry and now you have to start over. Maybe you're feeling you're already established, but whoa, you now need to start from the square one, which which could be stressful in itself. And the second one, yes, the age thing, and you know, is if if you know how is it being perceived? Um, the older you are, the the probably the harder it is to take it easy. Um, but I I have two stories, and uh, I don't know if there are tips here. I just want to share the stories and see if there is something in between the lines. But um, first of all. Talking about the age, I had a student, I think he's about 64. I'm not, I, I really don't want to kind of mix the, the facts here. He was switching, not to say jobs, he was constantly learning new things and UX was just the next thing on his radar. And he was looking at switching jobs as being like a baby who's keep exploring the world, keeps learning new things, keeps being curious, keeps staying open. And so I really love that perspective. On the new industry that it's not like you have to you know take it as this is your destiny and this is very important you put all the stress on it and that you must do it and that if you don't do this you're a failure and stuff like that but instead looking at it like hey the world is or the life is, is still you know happening you you have all the time left to to keep learning new things and to expand the world and build these new skills and it it's just a journey it doesn't mean that if you're switching jobs, it's like, okay, the end of your journey and you have to, you must do it, right? But instead, again, changing the perspective on it and looking at it as a new skill that can help you, might not work out, might be not your thing, it might be funny for somebody, but it's just, you know, experience for yourself. You want to learn this new skill and don't put too much stress on it. Don't expect too much from yourself. 
So I really was enjoying having this guy who was really having so many skills in his box. He would be the developer, the project manager, the engineer, the, the now the designer, now the storyteller. He's also making the cart- not cartoons like a caricatures um, on his blog and stuff like that and he's constantly taking new courses and it's just I don't know it, it's very inspiring to me to see people like this who never stop learning the second here the second tip here or I guess the story that I wanted to also quickly share is that I haven't been switching jobs so I don't know how it is how does it feel personally however my partner is switching jobs at the moment or not to switch, say switching but exploring this new opportunity and that uh, I can see every day how stressful it might be and how much I guess yeah how much stress we are putting into this thinking that if it's not gonna work out it might be the end of the world and stuff like that um, and so what I feel is very important is unconditional love and support that no matter what happens no matter if that's not gonna work out we believe in you, we trust in you, we love you, you're the best and stuff like this, you know, uh, especially if you have this luxury of being materially supported for some time, especially if you can spend time dedicating into it and not worrying about, you know, feeding your family and stuff like that, that's important. So I feel like maybe the fact that the child is not really supporting you can contribute to the anxiety of it, because I feel that in any switching of the jobs you're feeling a little bit insecure you're feeling a little bit vulnerable and you know starting again from square square one can feel like oh my god am i am i good enough am i even you know worth it and stuff like that so i i think that support is very important and that if if you can maybe share your feelings with someone with 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 a partner or with somebody who can understand you and having this the support I guess smooths the pain a little bit at least that's my perspective but um again I'm very sorry I don't have the experience so I might be just not relevant here well I don't have it either so I think it's it's valuable advice but what I would uh, add to it and and I think it's a very good point it's that sometimes that support can also come internally so if you have a very good relationship with yourself which by the time you're 50 it's probably better than when you're 20 and you're like very disconnected from yourself and not have yet found your what makes you happy and who you are and your definition of self so by then probably you have a good relationship with yourself hopefully and then you are able to leverage that internal support and that internal trust and and rely less on on other people well it really helps when you can be financially supported for a while until you make this transition this is something that you can't internally support uh but but you can also find that internal advocate internal champion champion of yours that that pushes you and encourages you and you feel so i think that's something that i keep getting back to this because it's what i'm currently working on in therapy myself so i think it's very important and i'm telling the world that i think it's important because i'm trying to hold myself accountable for building that good relationship with myself so so yeah so on that note i feel that we're close to wrapping up I'm not sure if for this episode the top three uh, top three findings would apply. Um, I have top three of things, <laughs> but because <laughs> okay, so that because you you did start really. I mean, you you shared a lot of great tips uh, between the lines when you were talking about your story, and I felt like these could be really great takeaways uh, for anybody who was listening to it. So let me just rewind on what you said. Um, in the beginning and the first takeaway for me was to kind of protect your boundaries and also work on your attitudes towards yourself Um, 
especially if you are embracing these two new roles, right? Being a mother and being the aspiring designer, um, this could be a lot. And uh, I think it's true that it's very, it's going to be very hard until you learn to embrace it and until you learn to protect your boundaries and have this sort of, I guess, let's say having control on your of your time probably it's not possible but at least you can try so this this was a great takeaway at least for me um the other one is also so you you also mentioned that motherhood comes with a lot of new skills that you build and so you i i would assume you're building the resilience and the adjustability and you're you're learning to constantly be empathetic and stuff like that so I would I would assume, and I don't know, you know better about the exact skills, but I would assume that it's also definitely a huge asset that when you're a mother and yes, you can feel insecure, but in fact, you just don't realize or you might not be aware in the moment that you have all those amazing skills that you can offer. Um, and that besides the fact, okay, yeah, you might not have all the time in the world, you still have other things to offer that could be even more valuable sometimes than having the availability every time, you know. So maybe, yeah, having this in mind could help you just a little bit that being a mother probably comes with a lot of great new skills that not everybody can offer. And uh, I guess the last thing I made for myself or made a tip for myself is that having the time for yourself in the beginning of this crazy journey is still very important. And I think for me, that also comes with a lot of reflection. I mean, probably in 10 minutes, you will not be able to reflect deeply, <laughs> but but um, having the time for yourself at any period of your life is still super, super important because this is the moment when you regain, my assumption is, this is the moment when you regain um, the perspective and understand what's going on and trying to even like, you know, Usually if you're having too many things at the same time, you're like this squirrel in the wheel. And those moments, like Joanna mentioned, when you look in the window, you walk walk in the park or you're taking a longer shower. These are unique moments when you can kind of jump out of that wheel and look at yourself from the outside and think and regain the confidence, hopefully. This would be my third takeaway for today. Anything you would like to add here? Not sure. I think that it's, it would be strange to like uh, have my favorite things that I've said, <laughs> but I think that, um, but I, I really want anybody who's listening to take away the fact that motherhood equips you with new qualities and that you're not immediately aware of that because in the first year, most of the times you feel like you're failing. You feel like you don't know what you're doing. You feel like you're still new to motherhood, but you're already being a great mom because your child is surviving every day and they're well fed. They sleep. Hopefully um, they, they love you. They're close to you. You're building a relationship. So you're already doing a great job, even though it doesn't feel like it in the first year. It starts to feel like it, like after the child is one and you start to get feedback and you see that hopefully they're, they're healthy, they're happy. And so you start feeling like, okay, maybe, maybe I got the hang of this. Maybe I'm pretty good at it, actually. Um, still, nobody is a perfect mother. There is no such thing. So even if you fail with some things or some days, that's also absolutely normal and natural. And I would say that all, all the things that you learn by being a mother can be in a way transferable or reusable in your designer role because design is also about doing good is about being empathetic is about being um understanding the other person or the other group 
that you're designing for is about being patient, well-organized, structured, resilient. So you're already building qualities, um, soft skills, if you want, that you can transfer in your UX role. That's very important. And another very important part is that you should be kind to yourself at all times. So I feel that for many, many days, I'm really upset when things don't go the way that I want them to go. Uh, when I have a plan for like, do like these three very important things. And then I get to do none of them by the end of the day. And I'm frustrated and I feel like I'm a failure and I feel like I do everything wrong raising the baby, uh, failing as a professional. But if I look back like at the past year, okay, there were days like that, but I've grown a lot. I've grown as a mother. I've grown as a professional. I've managed to do some projects. You're doing things, even though in a, in a very uh, like moment, momentary perspective, you might feel like you're, you're failing. So be kind to yourself, give yourself time, always like you said, Anfisa earlier, regain perspective, regain that perspective as much as possible because we really can, can get very lost in a moment that's, that's not a good moment. And, and just, again, I can't stress that enough. Be kind to yourself. Stop blaming yourself. Stop, stop um, like criticizing. Stop the internal critic voice, which is very, very loud because it's like the voice of the entire society that demands things from us. And just be kind to yourself. That's my my main takeaway for today. <laughs> yes, I love it. Um, no, thanks a lot. Uh, definitely, it was it was very insightful to me today to listen to your tips. To you listen to your story. Um, I might I myself imagine sometimes being a mother too, but um, it's very hard when even when I say it right now. So it was really useful to have a little window or trying to understand it at least from the conversation. But um, with that being said, um, I'm sorry for the guys who are listening to this podcast if that was not exactly the podcast that could be valuable for them. But I, I hope it was, again, again for the empathy. Um, but uh, other than that, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. And uh, if you find this episode helpful at any sense, uh, please help us to um, grow this podcast. Please rate us on any platform that you're listening it on. I know that Spotify recently launched the rating, so we would really appreciate your support um, on, that, on that platform. Uh, as well as don't be afraid to submit your questions, to reach us out at any moment. We are always trying to make this podcast more relevant to you and tackle our conversations to your needs. So yes, don't be afraid to reach us out, but also we would really appreciate the support and share. And that, yeah. And with that being said, thank you so much again for tuning in and we hope to see you on the next episodes. Bye-bye. Bye everyone.